Laughter is good for you, right? The best medicine and all that. There are all kinds of scientific studies that have shown the benefits of laughter. A lot of those benefits feel pretty obvious, like releasing endorphins, which make you feel good, and burning calories, and even losing weight, which also makes most of us feel good, too. But there are other surprising benefits, too, like slowing the increase of glucose in diabetics after a meal, and even making women undergoing IVF 36% more likely to become pregnant. Now, I think it's important to note that that last study employed a clown, which highlights the difficulty of such studies, namely the subjectivity of humor. Some people can laugh at clowns. Some people apparently can even laugh at clowns during the process of in vitro fertilization and have a correlatingly, but not necessarily causationally, increased success rate of the process. Other people are terrified by clowns. Personally, I find other people's fear of clowns pretty funny, but I don't think it has affected my fertility, positively or negatively. I'm not terribly interested in finding out. Fertility, too, is an issue that a great many people, particularly men, joke about quite casually and bodily, even though it is a topic of great pain and personal anguish to also a great many people, particularly women. And whether or not you consider the topic rife with humor or too painful to joke about has everything to do with your subjective experience leading up to the time of the joke. Sarah had every reason to consider the topic too painful. She was in her 90s and had completely given up on being able to have children of her own, and that in a culture in which she had definitely wanted kids, had definitely been trying everything she could think of to get pregnant, would definitely have lapped at the opportunities like IVF that science has discovered lying in the miraculous creation God made to work around fertility issues, felt definitely that she was somehow less of a wife, less of a woman, less of a person for being unable to conceive. And then God said something funny. He had said it before, and nobody laughed. Then he said it again, and Abraham laughed. He said it before several times to Abraham, and I don't know how Abraham would have kept it from Sarah, but Sarah heard it with her own ears when three mysterious visitors were passing by, and Abraham invited them in, and one of them commented rather casually and not at all bodily that a year from then, Sarah would have a son of her very own. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh, but he said, Yes, you did laugh. And there's so much to be learned 
from the way God responded to Sarah there, how gently he corrected her. It says so much about what kind of laughter this was, about how much Sarah's subjective experience informed the humor of the situation so that the thought of her own fertility still being possible was laughable to her. Not ridiculous to her, not ludicrous, maybe preposterous, maybe absurd even. Mostly just a joyously irrational thought, at which what else could she do but laugh? Even after years of pain that probably had turned to a numbness to the loss of a thing she assumed she'd never have. God said, no, you'll definitely have it. I'll even put a date on the calendar. And she laughed. And he called her out on it, and she was ashamed of her laughter, but God decided to lean into it rather than rebuke her for it. And a year later, they named the boy Isaac, which means he laughed. But he who? Not Sarah. She's a she. Maybe Abraham. He laughed at least once. Or maybe God did. Did God laugh? When he made Sarah laugh, does that count as God laughing? Does God think laughter is obviously good the way we do? Is that why he wrote so many benefits into the laughter he created for us? The best medicine, endorphins, burnt calories, lost weight, good feelings, and other surprising benefits too for diabetics and women worried over their fertility for all sinners. Does God do all that for us in laughter because he himself loves to laugh, loves to surprise us with good that seems preposterous and absurd, but mostly just joyously irrational, like beyond our reasoning, like the very nature of God and of Jesus, his son, who was another impossible pregnancy and causes even more joy than Sarah's and is a direct descendant of Isaac. Laughter is good for you, right? And it has everything to do with your subjective experience leading up to whatever it is that you find funny. And what a funny thing then, that God loves you and has shown that to you in ways that are subjective to you, and especially in a Savior, Jesus, who is subjectively yours, and who was brought into the world at the end of a long, straight line from Sarah's laugh. Laughter is good for you, because God is. You and I are dust and breath, loved by God, bought by Jesus. This podcast is written and produced by me, Ethan Cherney, a Wells pastor serving Bethel Lutheran Church of Menasha, Wisconsin. Get in touch on Facebook at Dust and Breath Pod, on Twitter at Dust Breath Pod, or by emailing dustandbreathpod at gmail.com. Outro music arranged and performed by Mr. Peter Shawey, who is like the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you could leave a review in iTunes or just share an episode on social media, I'd really appreciate it. It's the only way other people can find the show. Now, go do what God made you to do. Be who God called you to be. Go see what God can do with dust and breath and faith in Jesus, his son.